Welcome to Teaching Brood. Today, we're going to be talking about a book that we've been reading, which is pretty interesting. It's called Classroom Management in the Digital Age. Classroom Management in the Digital Age is authored by Heather Dowd and Patrick Green. Heather is a teacher, educational technology coach, science enthusiast, and learning. And she is based out of the United States right now, but she was a teacher in Singapore for many years. And her co-author, Patrick Green, is an educational technology coordinator and site director for the Global Online Academy for the Singapore American School. And so, so it's funny because we're having this conversation and in my head I'm going, and we're pushing back, at least in elementary, against giving them work outside school. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's a whole other yeah. conversation. It is, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that you guys experience this too, but here in Hong Kong, when our kids leave school, they're not done school. No, right. They go to the next school. Yeah. And they've got soccer practice with, you know, X number of teams or they've got extra Kumon work or yeah. So it's yeah. uh so we tr- we we're we're having a pushback internally to kind of avoid loading them up. Um Yeah. And conveniently the math program we've adopted most recently um it actually does have does have very little in the way of homework. So it's kind of nice. And that's a conversation that I hear happening in the U.S. as well now. Um, it, it, it seems to me to be more teacher on a teacher-by-teacher teacher basis. Um, I haven't heard of, uh, well, it doesn't mean there aren't any, but I haven't been in any schools yet that have taken a school stance on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's a big topic. It really middle, is. I'm sure high school is taking it on board, too. Now, whether high school can actually, like, this, whether the students can do it, and whether it's a school policy, two different things, probably. Right. Because, oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how much that the school policy is there versus how much they actually need to do in order to, you know, get the grades they need to get into the, right. to the biggest colleges. And yeah. I, I heard a great statement recently, and it was, why do we assign homework when all homework measures is parental involvement? Sure. Yeah. Well, that was an interesting statement. Well, then, in which case, we're, we're seeing how good the parents are. <laughs> right. And, and, in some way, and in some ways, we kind of need to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. There is some formative assessment going on there. <laughs> <laughs> there is, and sadly, it's not for the kids. Um, <laughs> right. No, we, we 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 get the experience of of I'm sure you guys do do and did too about the detached parent where they don't have much involvement in the child's life um, simply because maybe they've worked they're working unbearable hours or you know they have a helper or someone like that to kind of keep the kids on track so Mm -hmm. we we went into that a fair bit over our our way you guys have talked about having youtube channels um with like what about do you have any words of advice or whatever in terms of publishing student work for schools that aren't allowed to use youtube or perhaps the students are too young for youtube how do you how can you still get that authentic audience 
Yeah. Something. You go ahead. Okay. I'll go. Um, Something I've seen since I've been home here in the U.S. uh, working with elementary teachers, um, you know, there are some other apps out there. The the one that I see most widely used right now is Seesaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's fantastic because you, you have your closed classroom situation and, you know, you can, students can post work, they can comment on each other's work. It can be shared with parents. Um, in fact, a first grade teacher told me a funny story that, um, the, the, the a student came to school and had forgotten, I think it was I think it was snow pants and they were going to do something out in the snow that day. And she had forgotten her snow pants. This is Minnesota. And, um, (laughs) you know, she's in first grade, so she doesn't have a cell phone. She can't just go and, you know, text her mom. And so she on her own realizes, Oh, I can go into seesaw and post something. And it always goes to my mom. And Mm, so she goes to seesaw and she posts a little message saying, mom, I need my snow pants. (laughs) And her mother brought them to school. That's awesome. That's so ingenious. It is. Um, it's, you know, that's there's, our, that, there's an audience there. <laughs> yeah. That, that, is a, that is an authentic use of technology right there. Yeah. yeah. And creative problem solving. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and the thing with an authentic audience, um, in, in, in some of the research that's been done, it's actually the, the size of the audience doesn't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. It's w- just whether or not there is an audience. Yeah, and so even just having your parents as an audience, if, if that exists, and and you're going to get feedback from them, and you know that they're listening or reading or watching or whatever it is, uh, the student still gets the benefits that come that come with an audience, no matter what the size. Uh, so I, I think there you go. Uh, hopefully, you could work with parents to be that audience at the very least. Um, you know, we have even in a, we have a, uh, story of a seventh grade teacher who builds kind of that, uh, reflective presentation publishing component into her every week where at the end of the week, she has the students write an email to their parents and, you know, email is not the most, uh, uh, glitzy, uh, piece of technology, but it's something that we use and the the teacher kind of felt like well I can teach these students how to like you know write an appropriate email with grammar and uh an opening and a closing and and also you know she gets them to communicate to their parents something that they're proud of that they worked on during the week um and you know there's no privacy issues there they're writing directly to their parents so uh I think I think there's lots of different ways to go with that I think one last thing I would share too, you know, we, we included a little bit of this in our book because we believe that it is part of classroom management and that's the idea of digital citizenship and the importance of every educator in the school having a responsibility to address those issues with students. Um, and you know, that we could, we could have a whole podcast about digital citizenship, Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, but there are great resources, free resources out there. And, um, as I've been traveling around talking to teachers all over, like, I just keep saying like, look at these resources and don't think of them as, oh my gosh, I have to adopt common sense media curriculum and do every lesson. 
Um, but there are pieces there that you can bring in. So when it's appropriate, based on the activity that you're doing with students, pull in one of their videos or pull in one of their discussion guides and have a conversation with your kids. Um, and Google just came out with, with some digital, free digital citizenship yeah. resources as well. Um, and that's called Be Internet Awesome. And, and it's all free. And, you know, same thing. They've got lessons that teachers can do and then online activities that kids can do on their devices. Um, like there's just so much out there and it's high quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's uh, our school has recently talked about the, uh, the be internet awesome thing as uh, cause we've been using common sense media and that tends to be a bit of a bear. Um, it's good. There's a ton of content, but there is a ton of content. Um, yeah. It can be uh, overwhelming for somebody who's not really proficient themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the be internet awesome, I think slims it down a bit so far. But it is, it is really new, though. It is very new. I mean, I think it only just came out, what, this summer, right? Yeah, I think it was like middle of July-ish. I could be wrong about that, but um, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's something to be excited. And, and, and I'm, I kind of like that Google has done that because they are kind of, well, they have a verb named after them. Um, <laughs> right. So it's kind of nice that they're kind of taking ownership of this idea that people are searching stuff through us. So we should probably help with the education of how to do it well. Mm-hmm. And I think that takes – it's good citizenship as a company for them to have done that. Yeah. So yeah. Kind of, Definitely. Yeah, I, sure. I um, recently got their, their – they have like a printed book. I'm not sure how to get it. I think they handed it out at ISTE. Um, I don't know if you can order it, but there's a printed book with the lessons in there. But I, inside the packet, there's a kind of like a poster thing with all their main um, sort of categories, the smart, alert, strong, kind, and brave. And mm-hmm. so just kind of going back to our, you know, marketing campaign and, and what do we, what's important for our students and digital citizenship is important. So what are those main things to remember? And we can have a little poster campaign in our classrooms as well. So there are constant reminders Mm. Um, and constant, you know, visuals that you can point to when it's appropriate in your classroom. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And keeping it consistent across the various, uh, various divisions and various classrooms mm-hmm. in school. Yeah. Thanks for continuing to listen. Uh, well, well, part five is coming up soon. Um, there's some really awesome stuff in there. <laughs>